the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita is a garland of verses from the Srimad Bhagavatam. And the most, uh, well, the most, it's the most everything in every place. But here in chapter 22 of the Madhya we're in the teachings that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave to Sanatana Goswami. And this chapter is called The Process of Devotional Service. So let's look at a few of the verses and especially uh, go a little deeper into the ones that um, are quoted by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through the pen of Srila Krishna Kaviraj Goswami in his teachings to Sanatana Goswami. And the first verse in Madhya 22, text number 1, is Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Devam Tam Kanunarnavam Kalav Apyati Gudhedyam Bhaktir Yena Prakashita I offer my respectful obeisances unto Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is an ocean of transcendental mercy, and although the subject matter of bhakti yoga is very confidential, he has nonetheless manifested it so nicely, even in this age of Kali, the age of coral. All glories to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all glories to Nityananda Prabhu, all glories to Dvaita Chandra, and all glories to all the devotees of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Somebody please say a verse about Srila Advaita Chandra. Advaitam Harina Dvaitad. Advaita Acharya Ashraya. It's from the Mangala Charna. He gives two verses about Advaita Acharya and uh, glorifying him. He's the one who called out for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to come to the material world. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mentions in the Chaitanya Bhagavad, it's because of your loud cries that I came here to the material world. So it's an indication also of how one can perform devotional service. You have to really want it. and You have to cry out for it. And if you do, then Krishna will come. Otherwise, he's listening. He's like, nah, he's not really into it. That's, that's not a real cry. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I have described one's relationship with Krishna in various ways. This is the subject matter of all the Vedas. Krishna is the center of all activities. Now I shall speak about the characteristics of devotional service by which one can attain the shelter of Krishna and his loving transcendental service. A human being's activities should be centered only on devotional service to Lord Krishna. That is the verdict of all Vedic literatures, and all saintly people have firmly concluded this. When the mother Vedas, Shruti, is questioned as to whom to worship, she says that you are the only Lord and worshipable object. Similarly, the corollaries of the Shruti Shastras, the Smriti Shastras, give the same instructions just like sisters. The Puranas, which are like brothers, follow in the footsteps of their mother. O enemy of the demon Mura, the conclusion is that you are the only shelter. Now I have understood this truth. This quotation is from the Vedic literature was spoken by the Lord, to the Lord by great sages. We don't know which great sages, but who can give a verse, a parallel verse, 
that gives the abstract of what that verse just said. I'll give you a hint. It's very easy. And it's in the Bhagavad Gita. And you all know the verse. And it's one that we chant every time we do a grain ceremony. Come on. I didn't give enough? Go ahead. Could you explain why that's parallel to what we just read? So in this verse, Krishna is saying that uh, he's a source of remembrance and forgetfulness. He is a compiler of the Vedanta, and through all the Vedas, he is supposed to know. So this verse said that not just the Vedas, but all the corollaries like Shruti, Spritis, and Purana, they also conclude that one should worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yeah, they're all pointing in one direction. Sarvavedishu drishyate. Also, we find in the Upanishads, in the Kali Santarana Upanishads, Sarvavedishu drishyate. Those who know what to look for in the Vedas know that it's Krishna they're all pointing to, and the way to contact Krishna is through Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna is the non-dual absolute truth, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Although he is one, he maintains different personal expansions and energies for his pastimes, purport. The Lord has many potencies, and he is non-different from all these potencies. Because the potencies and the potent cannot be separated, they are identical. Krishna is described as the source of all potencies, and he is also identified with the external potency, the material energy. Krishna also has internal potencies or spiritual potencies which are always engaged in his personal service. His internal potency is non-different, excuse me, his internal potency is different from his external potency. Krishna's internal potency and Krishna himself, who is the potent, are always identical. Okay, let's discuss give some evidence from Bhagavad Gita and elsewhere about Krishna's potencies. Yes. You've already got 20 points. You're going for 40 now. Go ahead. In the seventh chapter, Krishna talks about the fourth and fifth verse, the external potency and the marginal potency. He compares soul to be superior. So seven four says aprayam itastanyam prakritim vidhi me param jiva bhuto mahabhao ye yadam dharite jagat. So he's saying that uh, that there are earth, water, fire, air, ether. That uh, bhumira ponalavayu. Bhumira ponalavayu. So I think the seven four is bhumira ponalavayu. Yes. Kamano budirevacha ahankar itiyamme bhinna prakriti ashtadha. So he says the five gross and the three subtle elements are his separated energies. In the next verse, he says that aparayam itastunyam prakriti vidhi me para jiva bhuta mahabhao yayidam dharite jagat. That uh, superior to these eight is the spirit soul, the jiva, who is the, uh, who is the marginal energy of Krishna. And it's parat, so it's differentiated, as mentioned here in the purport, right? Well done. Nice. More about potencies and how Krishna has a variegated multifarious potencies. Because the Mayavadis say that God has no potencies. It's amorphous oneness. 
And perfection means realizing one's non-identity, if that even makes sense. doesn't. But what, a, what, about, what verses from, for instance, the divinity and divine service designate various, uh, designate the Lord in various categories? Of course, I can't hear a word through the mass, but if you work with me, people. Okay, go ahead. Expound. There are um, three forms of the Lord, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Even though he is Advaya Gyan Tattva, he's one truth. But still there are divisions, right? Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. That explains in that verse in a summary way that there are various potencies of the Lord. It's really important to know that he has multifarious potencies. Can anybody else do more? If you know more, please say more. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Yes, please go ahead and turn on the Zoom room, please, for a moment. Yeah, so Maharaj, uh, uh, this is a verse from Upanishad where it says, Natasya Karya Karanam Chavitate, Natas Samas Chabhyati Kashadishate, Parashya Saptir Vivida Yvashriyate, Sabhaviki Kriya Gyanavalamcha. So the verse says that there is no one who can be seen as equal to him or no one beyond him. And he has multifarious energies which act spontaneously without any external you know, direction or influence. Yes, that's one of the quintessential verses. Parasha Shakti Vividayushudya. So Bhaviki Jnana Bala Kriyacha. Even names the various potencies that the Lord has. So he's expanded everywhere. Can anybody say more? If you know more, please say more. Yes. If you work hard in these sessions to come up, and don't, also don't be f afraid to say something that you think is wrong, because you can always tie it together somehow. <laughs> we'll no, fix this, it if, this it's, is one not, verse, if it's off. Go ahead. <laughs> this is one verse which you quote very often. It's from, it's from uh, Vishnu Puran. Yes. Quoted in CC Adi 7119. Vishnu Shakti Para Prokta Shetra Jankya Tatha Para Avidya Karma Sam Gamgya Tritya Shakti Rishite. Translation. The internal potency of the Supreme Lord, Vishnu, is spiritual as verified by the Shastras. There is another spiritual potency known as Shetragya, or the living entity. The third potency, which is known as Nishayans, makes the living entity godless and fills him with fruitive activity. Yeah, what a nice summary, right? And actually, that verse is quoted a little further along in this chapter from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quoting from the Vishnu Purana. And this one describes the three different aspects of the Lord's major potencies, internal, external, and marginal. And just gives some characteristics of each one. Excellent. And, uh, okay, yes. Uh, it's Chakadola. I just see Chakadola's hand, so I couldn't... Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. In seven, are you seven in the book room, Chakadola? Yes, you live in the book room. Yes, Do you see Vaishnavas <laughs> everywhere you look? Just books everywhere. 
Okay, go ahead, Chakadola. This is very right. In Bhagavad Gita nice 7.14, <laughs> Lord Krishna says that Devi that how uh, Maya is uh, transcendental and it's Lord Krishna's energy, and only by surrendering to Him one can uh, cross over this material world. That uh, this uh, shloka refutes the Mayavad philosophy, who says that uh, when Lord Krishna comes here, He gets under the modes of material nature. And how does it defeat the Mayavad conception that He comes under the modes of material nature? What's the logic behind that you're yes, using? Yes, because Lord Krishna says that uh, Maya is his energy. And if uh, the Mayavadi says that uh, Maya can cover Krishna, it means Maya is uh, greater than Krishna. Did everybody make note totally... of how well he'd use that verse to defeat the Mayavad philosophy? Nicely done, Chakadola. Thank you. Has everyone assimilated everything we've said so far? He quoted from the Bhagavad Gita's seventh chapter where Krishna says, Daivahi Esha Guna Mayi Mama Maya Duratyaya Mameva Ye Prapadyante Maya Metam Durantite. And so he says, This divine energy of mine is very difficult to overcome. And he's talking about his external energy. He said, But those who surrender unto me can easily cross beyond it. So Chakadola Prabhu was saying that some people say that. The personality of God who appears in the world is a manifestation of Maya, and that Maya, therefore, is superior to, to the personal form of the Lord. But the Lord here is saying that those who are afflicted by Maya and covered by it can become free by surrendering to my personal form. And he was making the point that Krishna is the Lord of Maya. He, he's the one who manifests it. It comes from his energy. It's not that he's controlled by that energy or produced from that energy which is Mayavad idea, that God is a product of the three modes of material nature. His body is Maya. Yes? Uh, do we get the microphone? Um, sorry, it's very Not at all. question, but what is he referring to specifically in terms of surrendering to the, I think you said the, um, like to his physical form or to his, um, sorry, maybe I'm misquoting you, to, to his personal form? Well, he says form. mama. Mama Maya, this is my Maya, and that one, those who surrender unto me, Daivihi Esha Gunamayi, Mama Maya Turatya, Mam Evaye Prapadyantim, those who surrender to me. So, Mam, 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 he's the subject, and Maya is the, he, he, is the object. So, there's a way in which he's very clearly saying, Mama, me. He's pointing to himself, and he's saying, This is my energy, and if you surrender unto me, you can overcome it. Um. Let me try to clarify. What is the actual surrender? Like, I'm sure there's multiple points, but what, what is that? What does the surrender look yeah. like? Yeah. Surrender looks like accepting Krishna to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead and then following his instruction. Okay, thank you. So the, there's a six-fold general path of surrender, which is, uh, goes like this. Accept things that are favorable for serving Krishna, and turn away things that are unfavorable. Then accept Krishna as one's maintainer and accept Krishna as the um, protection of one's life. Always remain meek and humble. Assume a, a position of uh, a submissive position. And finally, one should consider that everything belongs to Krishna and I engage everything in Krishna's service. I, 
it's all his property, including myself. I belong to him, so I'm giving everything to him. This is called the sixfold path of surrender or sharnagati. Thank you for elaborating. Thank you for the good questions, getting us deeper into the subject matter. Yes. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. In, um, in our Chaitanya Charitamrita class in the Madhya Lila chapter, we were hearing from Gauranga Darshan Prabhu there in the discussions with Sarabhuma Bhattacharya. Mahaprabhu was explaining very nicely when uh, how the Supreme Personality of Godhead is personal and how is full of um, various opulences. And in that verse, he was specifically explaining that I was reading yesterday that the Lord is Satchidananda Vigraha, that he's full of eternality, bliss, and knowledge. And we living entity also possess these, but in somewhat smaller quantities. And he was using this to prove to him that he is full of spiritual potencies, not like mundane uh, potencies. Yes. And this is mentioned in various places, like Ishvara Parava Krishna Sakchir Ananda Vigraha Anadi Radya Govinda Sarvakananakadanam. This is Lord Brahma, who's directly seeing Krishna, experiencing by revelation, and he says that the Lord is, is a body of eternality, bliss, and knowledge. And he's the supreme controller. Yes. I had a question that in the third canto with reference to Vidura leaving the home and Duryodhana telling him to, I mean, insulting him and telling him to go out of the home, it said that it was the same energy of Krishna, but on Duryodhana it was acting as external energy and on Vidura, the internal energy. But in the purport which we read, it said that the two energies are different. So I just wanted to understand whether they're same or they're different. It's like electricity goes into a... What is the name of my air conditioner? Hitachi? I think it's a Hitachi. It's a air conditioner and heater. Don't get envious. <laughs> so I had put in my kutir because I saw him in Japan. And so... In the winter time, it blows hot air. In the hot time of the year, which barely ever happens here, uh, it puts out cool air. And there's one energy going into it. But then there's a panel in there, I guess, that figures out what I asked it to do and, and acts accordingly. So... Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Ye yata mam prapadyante tamstataiva bhajamyaham mamavartmanavartante manusha partasarvasha. That as, as you approach me, whatever mood you approach me in, I'll accommodate you. And if someone is apetasya, in an averse mood to the Lord, then the Lord accommodates and he gives the maya energy. And if somebody comes in a surrendered mood, then Krishna offers his internal potency, which is, is closer to himself. It's not separated. Says, I want to be separated. Krishna's okay. You can sit in the corner over here. And so in, in one pastime, we see the same potency, but being manifested in two ways. For Duryodhana, who's averse to Krishna, he has this sense of envy of Krishna. Then he's manifesting the external energy and being controlled by it. He's angry, 
and he, he can't understand that Krishna is the supreme and so forth. Whereas Vidura, who's completely surrendered to Krishna in the same room, in the same circumstance, he's feeling this impetus like, I'm going to serve Krishna more. And he's taking shelter of the internal energy. He leaves the house. Everyone's supposed to say, Gauranga. He leaves the house uh, in the sense of total surrender to Krishna and goes to the holy dhams. So Prabhupada mentions there that in the same pastime, same room, Krishna's energy is being manifested as an internal and external according to the temperament of the person who's experiencing it. The whole material world's like that because it, it's the perverted mentality of the living beings in, their, in the conglomeration, the conglomeration of all the living beings in their perverted mentality. So what is in the spiritual world, Ladinis, Sandini, and Samvit becomes manifest in the material world as Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. It's like a crisscross. It comes into the energy and then it reverses. And that's Hlada uh, Tapachaya. It's called by Jiva Goswami. He says that what is the source of happiness, knowledge, and the sense of eternality becomes manifested in a way that we're only troubled. And it's because of, of our av adverse mentality towards Krishna. We're turned around, so we get the, the opposite. You were going to say more? So is it the correct understanding that the energy is the same, but the difference is that one is closer to Krishna and other is se separated from Krishna? Yeah, and as much as the electricity is the same, but it gets manifested in heat and cold. Thank you, Maharaj. Yeah. Uh, Mamaya. Okay, uh, one, two. No, go ahead. It, sorry, I have a question. Um, it kind Keep of, that as close as you can. Oh, sorry. That's right. um, I have a question. It's regarding what you said earlier. I don't know if it's when we started this talk, but you had mentioned about service and that if we'd even performed one act of service that we would get the opportunity to do so again, like in, in next life. And my question wanted to elaborate on that, you know, because it's said that Krishna is very kind and he reciprocates in the way that um, that beings want to reciprocate towards him. But it also talks about, you know, there's two spirals, right? So as you do more service, you, you know, become more devotional and, and you become more oriented and, you know, perhaps you, you know, get more and more opportunities. And in the same way, if you become, you know, more like in the mode of ignorance or you do other things and you become... I don't know, like blinded in my or something like that, that that could also perpetuate not just in this life, but in future lives, because, you know, I think it talks about that in different books. So I guess my curiosity is, the question would be, is, is perfection guaranteed in the sense that you can continuously like degrade yourself lifetime over lifetime into lower and lower forms, but eventually do they come back or they're just like lost forever? So do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. There's a existential angst. <laughs> then am I lost forever or not? In fact, there's a verse in which, in the 16th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, in which Krishna says, seems to say, I push people, the demoniac, I push them down into lower species of life, and it seems as if they're lost. Prabhupada explains that verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam, and he says, actually, it's Krishna's mercy. They're able to, uh, in, in fact, I'll just preface everything by saying that not only is Krishna the perf perfect moral agent, 
He knows exactly how to meet out METE, uh, various kinds of circumstances in the life of a jiva, so that he or she will become sensitized and become a perfect being. And, and perfection comes in the form of love. He wants unconditional love from the living being, and that has to come from the core of the heart of the individual who says, I really want to, I love Krishna, I want to serve Krishna unconditionally. That, that's the greatest happiness of the living being, and that's perfect alignment. So everything is, a, is organized in Krishna's energies specifically for us to come to that point. So if uh, one becomes pushed down into the lower species of life, it's a temporary situation to give one a timeout. <laughs> if somebody comes into town, if you ever seen a Western? Anybody know what a Western is? Do you know what Westerns are? Cowboys in, you know, riding horses and like a hat on sideways, kind of like a little tilted. Comes into town, Westerns, you know, as a bar and a shooting. That's a Western. So I used to show people the Krishna book and I say, do you like Westerns? People go, yeah, I love Westerns. I go, this is an Eastern. <laughs> And if they say, no, I don't like Westerns, say, good, this is an Eastern. <laughs> so in the Westerns, some guy usually gets drunk on alcohol, whiskey specifically, and then, you know, starts shooting up the town, and the sheriff comes along and says, okay, come on, and he grabs him and puts him in the jail. And then in the morning, he's sobered up. And it's like, okay, you're going to be good now? It's like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, sorry and he lets them back out of jail. So there's a kind of system like that in the universe where you start shooting stuff up, and material nature goes, okay, little fella, come in here, get in your cage, and then after you sober up, we'll let you back out again and give you another chance to be a good, a good citizen. And Krishna says in the Gita, Bahunam jamanamante jnanavam mam prapadyate vasudeva sarvamiti sa mahatma sadurlabaha. After many of these experiences, living entity starts to develop this sense in the heart that uh, I don't think I want to be in the material world anymore. I want to be a good person, not a bad person. And if somebody comes in contact with devotees, then there's this uh, seed that gets planted. And the seed manifests in the form of this thought that I want to be like them. I like this person. I don't know what, what it is about them, but that's what who I want to be like. Uh, that's the value I want to have. So it was a long answer to a short question, but uh, the, the door's always open, and there's always, uh, we're eternal. And so the scheme for every living entity is to come back to Godhead. However, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Maya Mukta Jiva Nahi Swata Krishna Gyan. It's not automatic that the living entity just pops out of the material nature and comes out of ignorance. It requires some kind of intervention. That's why Krishna takes trouble to appear millennium after millennium. He also sends Shaktivesh avatars or empowered souls who come here with, with this enthusiasm that, let me save everybody. And they go out of their way. Like Vyasadeva, he's a Shaktivesh avatar. And he writes down all the Vedas. That takes a lot of work. You try to put one book together. Try to put a pamphlet together. It takes a lot of work now. It's spelling mistakes. I don't like the design. Where are you going to print it? You know, it's a lot of trouble with the speaker writing the whole Vedas. 
So that takes enthusiasm and a lot of sense that like this has got to get out there so people can read it and, and come to their senses. So all these intervention devices are being employed by the Supreme Personality of God just so the living entity can get a glimpse of it and say like, wow, actually there is a higher reality and come out. All this to say, yes, that's, that's the purpose of the material creation is to give the living entity a, a, an opportunity to willfully surrender to the Supreme and come out of darkness and back into the light. Tamasimai ma jyotirgamai, come out of the darkness and into the light is the mission statement for the material world. And that's Krishna's idea. So am I understanding correctly then, so for when you're in a human in a human form, you have the capacity and the opportunity to actually willfully decide to move in one direction or another. But if you're in a lower form, then Krishna has to come and somehow intervene in a way because how will you remember it? Like they don't have a conception, right? Isn't that the purpose or the special nature of us being human? So then I have to assume that those other forms only get, I guess, saved because he decides that they can try again, so to speak. There's some indication, He comes in every form of life to, to give everyone a chance. And Prabhupada talks about this in the uh, Adi Lila. If you look at the Adi Lila, f um, fourth chapter, 34th verse, and that uh, second to the last paragraph. Could somebody grab that really quick? Adi Lila, three, uh, Adi Lila, a tooth, oh, 434. Four, Adi Lila, 434, second to the last paragraph. And there, Prabhupada explains this uh, phenomena. Is that what we're looking at on the screen? Okay. Yes? Did I get the wrong verse? Thank you very much. Yes, it is mentioned here that the Lord appears in different incarnations. Okay, here you go. Incarnations of the Supreme Personality of God is wrong about the paragraph. It's one, two. It's a third from... Third from the end, I'll start there. Incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead appear in all the species of life, although this is inconceivable to the human brain. So if you can't conceive of it, don't feel bad. The Lord's pastimes are differentiated according to the appreciating capacity of the different types of bodies of the living entities. The Supreme Lord bestows the most merciful benediction upon human society when he appears in his human form. It is then that humanity gets the opportunity to engage in different kinds of eternal service to the Lord. Special natural appreciation of the descriptions of a particular pastime of Godhead indicates the constitutional position of a living entity. Adoration, servitorship, friendship, parental affection, and conjugal love are the five primary relationships with Krishna the highest perfectional stage of the conjugal relationship enriched by many sentiments gives the maximum relishable mellow to the devotee. 
The Lord appears in different incarnations as a fish, tortoise, and boar, as Parashuram, Lord Ram, Buddha, and so on, to reciprocate the different appreciations of living entities in different stages of evolution. The conjugal relationship of amorous love called Parakya Ras is the unparalleled perfection of love exhibited by Lord Krishna and his devotees. A phrase to take away from this is uh, appreciating capacity. And in that case, the lower species of life have a lower aptitude for appreciating. They appreciate, when I say lower, the Lord in mostly Anamoy. There are various stages of appreciation of the Lord. Everyone's appreciating the Lord because there's nothing else to appreciate. <laughs> He's everything, right? So as, as a, their paradigm ex, uh, of explanation is that Anamoy means that you're able to appreciate food. Like a baby. Baby comes out and it's like, what would you like? Anything I could put in my mouth. And, you know, it's just like, it's about the mouth. And it's like, oh, let me put it in my mouth and see what it feels like or tastes like and so forth. And uh, very primitive uh, forms of life. It's a living entity. There's a soul in there. But his main relationship with Krishna is to tasting, eating. And Krishna's maintaining him. So they're like, wow. Uh, they're not... They don't have a sense of causality, animals. Like if you look at a cat, you take a, a stick and you put a long string on it and then make a little paper bird. Anybody know how to make a paper bird? I do. Origami? You know how to do? Somebody should learn the art. Okay, then you tie, you know how? Okay. Yes. Tie a little paper bird on the end. This is homework. Find a cat somewhere. And you go with the cat, and you go, here, kitty, kitty. And the cat's like, bah! you know, and start chasing it around the room. You can go around for three hours, six hours, two days. The cat will still chase it up and down. And it'll never look up the stick and look at you and go like, hey, what are you doing? It'll just look at the little bird and think, like, there's a bird. I'm going to get him. This is a contracted consciousness. Give, give the cat a little something to eat little bowl of milk and you know that they feel like satisfied happy and that's their more basic relationship it's all with Krishna but their their appreciating capacity is contracted so it's always been inconceivable to me and I'm glad to hear that prophet said it is to the human brain how Krishna comes to all the species of life it's just he's so cool I mean, why would he show up, you know, in the vegetable tribes and say, Huddy bowl? <laughs> you know, it's just because he loves the soul so much. He goes with the soul in every species of life in the heart, and then he'll manifest in different ways, like, here I am as a boar. Pigs don't get too depressed. You know, it's, 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 it's okay. <laughs> I mean, what's the life of a pig? It's really, it's kind of a tough life. They they're generally seem a little cranky to me, pigs. <laughs> You know, if you take them away from their food source for even for a second, they're like, like, chill. Uh, and the, but the Lord, you know, he has this unlimited compassion. Hey, Krishna, Karuna, Sindhu. He's an ocean of compassion. What does that mean? He's always trying to help the living entity. So that's inconceivable. But we can uh, understand on a scale of appreciation, the appreciating capacity. What's the word capacity mean? Where does it come from? 
appreciating capacity and then there's a way in which when you come to the human form which is a portal where the consciousness is starting to it's called budding consciousness it's the it, bud means something's coming it's going to open it can it can open and when a human being has sadhana then it gets blooming consciousness the consciousness opens through the spiritual sadhana so it's like it's like an evolution in every you know krishna has his purposes even for the for the animals no that was wonderful and i never read that passage so i'm really glad that it's you good right it. yeah it's really yeah good. it's very helpful thank All you right. very much thank you so much Hare Hare thank you for your uh, okay yeah keep asking it's good krishna sakha Krishna Guru Maharaj, thank you so much for the wonderful class. Um, I I have a question. When uh, we read like Krishna has internal and potent, uh, internal and external potencies and everything, um, why if he is self-satisfied, he is Atma Ram, then why he is crea- why he creates these potencies? Why like I know Rasa for um, Rasa and all, but if he if he is self-satisfied, then why need of creating potency and enjoying rasa and everything if he's self-satisfied why does he have to have potencies potencies and uh, you know why he needs he wants to enjoy like rasas like with other living entities and all well that's really the the definition of krishna that he's rasovaisaha he's the source of all rasas and he's the enjoyer of all the rasas and so life or consciousness means enjoyment and sakchit ananda vigraha is is the explanation of it if you are a sugar cube then it's no it's there's nothing to enjoy but if you're able to taste a sugar cube not that i'm recommending it uh, necessarily uh, <laughs> you taste a sugar cube or or be a glubjaman or that's better be a glubjaman because the sugar cube is probably boga uh, be a glubjaman or taste a glubjaman which would you rather do it's a, so the the lord is uh the enjoyer it's a it's a much more beautiful concept and he not only is the source of all enjoyment for the living entities because they appreciate him we're all little appreciators because there's no meaning to a king without subjects you know it's king okay the king's alone he comes into town he's by himself that's not a king king means he's got kingly opulence which means there's people around him everywhere you ever see a big personality that always comes with an entourage you walk in it's like hey there's all these people everywhere he goes you know the people are there so that's the nature of of the supreme personality of god but then he takes it even further because he doesn't have to restrict himself to just being the enjoyed by or appreciated but he also becomes the appreciator in lord as lord chaitanya see reasons that wow they're getting more happiness than i am as my separated parts so i will i will also come as a devotee and enjoy we're not so much interested in just self satisfaction or being atmarama there's something beyond that and that's actually the point of the verse of the atmarama verse atmaramas chamuna yo nigranta apyurukrame that this uh, sense of okay there's atmarama and that's where chaitanya mahaprabhu is explaining there's all these people who are self-satisfied but they want something more 
Shukadeva Goswami was self-satisfied, so much so that he said, I want nothing to do with the material world. Anybody who wants absolutely nothing to do with the material world, raise your hand. Okay. Well, check out his standard. He didn't want to come out of the womb. Because he said, I'm not, I'm, getting, I'm not getting involved. And Krishna came and told him personally, no, it's okay, you can come out. <laughs> I'll protect you. But he didn't take any chances. He came out of the womb, and he took off running and went to the forest. And his father, Vyasadev, chasing after him, please come back. And like, I don't know you. And so in the forest, Vyasadev understood the science. So he had his disciples recite the verses from the Bhagavatam, like, Aho bakiyam stanakalakutam. Like, how merciful is Krishna that he killed Putana? And she tried to kill him, and he accepted her as a mother. Uh, who could be more merciful? Who would surrender to anybody more? I mean, f f for those who are Atmarama, and they hear the verse, Shukadev Goswami heard it, and then his heart melted. And he said, I have to look into this. And he came back to learn the Bhagavatam. So it proves that the Atmaramas, those who are totally self-satisfied, they don't need anything, they don't want to touch anything, they're attracted to the variety that comes from the lotus feet of Krishna. Yet pada pankacha palasa vilasya pakta karmashrayam gratitam udgratayanti santa tadvanda rikta matayo yatayo pirudha shrotoganas tamaranam bhajavasudevam Those people who are so-called self-satisfied, eventually they get washed away by the ocean of the material nature. Some material desire comes. But only those who are absorbed in the, the pleasure that comes from Krishna's lotus feet can be in a safe position and never be attracted to the material world. What to speak of Krishna himself? He's the supreme enjoyer, and he's enjoying all the varieties of the spiritual world. Okay, one, two. And I asked this question, is everybody assimilating everything we're talking about in here? You got everything? You could recount it from the beginning? Okay, we'll come back to you in a minute. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Um, I had a question. Um, so uh, this came up uh, in our, uh, so we were reading from the third canto, eighth chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And in one of the verses, uh, Brahma meditates for 100 years, and, uh, and then he is able to see the Lord in his heart. So there, Prabhupada says a statement, one has to wait for the mercy of the Lord before one can either render service unto him or know him as he is. So, uh, so there was a question that, uh, what is it that I'm doing if I have to wait for the mercy of the Lord? So we had next, next question that, what, is, what does it exactly mean as the mercy of the Lord? So various cases we read, prasada, leshanu, grihita, evahi. So, so what is exactly the prasad? That is the question. Oh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explains this. He says, Brahmanda Brahmate Kon Bhagyavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Lata Beach. That when the living entity is wandering about the material nature, when he becomes fortunate and he gets the mercy of the Lord, he meets a devotee. And then the devotee offers Krishna to that person, shows him how to, how to taste Krishna. Here's Prasadam, how to hear Krishna. Here's the holy names. Here's Srimad Bhagavatam and so forth. So by the mercy of the devotee, one gets Krishna, and by the grace of Krishna, one gets the devotee. And how that happens is what 
being explained or going to be explained in the next few verses. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quotes uh, from various scriptures to say this is how devotional service begins. The root cause is meeting a devotee. Now, that's also a topic of the Madhurya Kadambani. How is it that one actually gets the mercy of the Lord? Is it indiscriminate? No, there's a discrimination because the Madhyamadikaris, Ishvare Taradineshu, Balisheshu Dusatsucha, Prema Maitri, Kripo Peksha, Yakaroti Samadhyamaha. They're deputed by Krishna to give his mercy on his behalf. They're peons, they're delivering it to everybody. But they're asked to look at the address properly and deliver it in the right place. And therefore, they look to see uh, those who are open and they deliver the mercy. Those who are closed or inimical, they're asked to not deliver the mail at that time because the person will tear it up. And uh, then for the devotees, they, they uh, make friendships appropriately. And then there's a way that they also uh, develop and deepen their love for the Lord. So the... The uh, message gets delivered through the devotee. The mercy of Krishna gets delivered from the heart of the devotee to the others. Vavadvida Bhagavatas Tirtabhuta Swayam Vibho Tirtakurvanti Tirtani Swantakstena Gadabrata. Yudhishthir said this to Vidura before he went out traveling. That you're a holy place personified. Wherever you go, you purify the holy places, and you're also delivering Krishna from within your heart to to others. So the, the the devotees uh, administer the Lord's mercy to the souls of the material world. And in, as they become fortunate, they meet a devotee, or they meet a devotee, they become fortunate. It's looked at both ways, as you'll see here. But it's generally taken that it's because of the contact of the, the, the devotee that then one awakens one's desire to become Krishna conscious. Uh, there was one more and then over here. Wasn't somebody else? You had your hand up and then we'll go to Pavani Bhakti. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, Maharaj, I was uh, contemplating on the purport that we were reading. Uh, it was mostly about the Achintya Bheda Bheda Tattva, that the Lord is simultaneously one and different. The oneness aspect, I was just meditating that the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna starts talking about his oneness with the Vibhutis. Or he is reflecting in the world as one with his vibhutis or empowered incarnations or empowered. And then he shows the Vishwaroop, which is a spark of his splendor because it pervades everything. And that is a oneness that uh, Arjuna experiences because he sees all the aspects of divinity right in Krishna as one. So I was meditating how uh, we, we, we talked about a distinction part of it that Krishna and his energies are. These are the different categories, Advaita. But there is a oneness aspect which comes in chapter 10, and then it metamorphizes in the vision that Arjuna has of Krishna, and he becomes disturbed, petrified, and then Krishna shows a sweet form where the, where the energies are not being exhibited in total, and the sweetness is being exhibited, and that's where the relationship can be established. So I was just meditating on that aspect that how uh, the oneness of the Lord it appears to be with his energies. Uh, it's factually presented in Vishwarupa, but it is not ultimately very attractive. Uh, the distinction aspect of, or not knowing that he has 
that powerful energies allows us to have that kind of a relationship with him. So I was trying to adjust and understand whether having this conception of achintya bheda, bheda tattva becomes a bottleneck for us to have a sweetness, have a relationship with the sweetness as, aspect of the Lord. That is the message that is there in chapter 10th and 11th. Yeah. Well, we'll find in the beginning of the Bhagavatam that the medicinal measure for the living entity is to see the universe in relationship with the Lord. Because the conditioned state is to look at the world and think, how can I control this? I have this much, but I want it over here and this and that. And everything I look at, I contemplate. I'm thinking like, it belongs to him, but I'm going to take it, or I'm going to buy it, or something. I want to control it. This is the a vision of a conditioned person in the material world. So Shukadeva Goswami then walks his disciple, Prikshit Maharaj, through this exercise, and he said, now look at the world in a little different way. See it as the body of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Everything's Advaya Gyan Tattva. It's all Krishna. The trees are his hairs. The rivers are his veins. And he, he starts there, that come into focus and see how everything's Krishna. Aham sarvasya pravavo matak sarvam pravartete iti mapavajante mam puta bhava samanvita. And as one uh, develops this sense coming out of the illusion that everything's mine, it's all meant for me or my country. This is my country and uh, this is, you know, or whatever limited conception there is. Which, uh, which is separate in vision from the Lord, then that first one, that oneness is important for as a medicinal measure, chikitsitam, to come to see that everything's Krishna, and then it becomes more specific about one's personal relationship with Krishna. As Shukadeva Goswami then talks about how you can see the personal form of the Lord within your heart. And then he talks about the relationship, and he says, "Akama sarva kama va moksha kama udharati tivrena bhakti yogina ijeta purusham param." That he said, your relationship with Krishna is very nice. In fact, he said, that "Don't worry that you're still contaminated. If you just approach Krishna through bhakti, then Krishna will fulfill all your desires in such a way that you'll be able to uh, rectify yourself." So the achinta beta bed tattva. It's inconceivably one and different. But for the sake of enjoyment, the difference is there. But the tattva is that it's all one. And that it works perfectly if you examine it in all cases, how chintabedebe tattva works. Anyway, that was not a very clear ending to my point, but I think you got the first part. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I was thinking about Krishna's mercy and how it comes about that point. Uh, my realization was that everything is because of Krishna's mercy, especially in the pastime where uh, Krishna winds down his uh, material pastimes and Arjuna comes back and he's talking to Yudhishthir and that time Arjuna is thinking that at every step in his life, how Krishna was there with him as his friend, as his uh, supporter, when he was winning Draupadi, uh, when he had to put the arrow on the fish by looking at the water, that couldn't have been possible without Krishna's mercy. And all the wars that he had won, Bhagavad Gita that he heard. 
So when Krishna passed away that time, Arjuna was saying that I have the, I am the same Arjuna, I have the same Gandiva bow, and everything is the same, but uh, now I cannot even win some coward boys. So um, the realization there was for Arjuna was that everything is because of mercy of Krishna, and if we have to use it for, if we don't use it for service of Krishna, those powers are taken away from us. So we have to keep engaging. Nice, nicely done. Okay, Keith Abria, go ahead. You don't have to get it all, but just to try to, it's helpful to recollect. Oh, by the way, you looked up a word. What was it? Capacity. Capacity. What does it mean? Um, capacity, it's a noun. It's a, um, the ability to contain size extent um the ability to what it's to contain the ability um, to contain pertaining to size and extent pertains to size and extent and um it comes from old french capacite which is ability to hold to and, hold and from latin capacitatum which is nominative capacitas which is breadth capacity and capability of holding much capability of holding something. Okay, how much can we hold? All right, now uh, can you tell us any of the points that we started with from the very beginning? Um, I wasn't here for the very beginning, but I do remember a point where you mentioned that Westerns and how you said the Krishna book was an Eastern and how in Western movies usually some guy gets drunk and then they get in jail and then they sober up in jail and then they're let out the next morning and how you related that to, to the material world, which is basically we're drunk and we're put in here until we sober up and then um, we're let out when we're ready. And I thought I really liked that point. Bravo, brava. Any other points that everyone assimilated? Yes. Sadhu Vrindavan Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhu, um, in the beginning of the class, I, you were talking about how um, living entities, we, uh, we search for happiness, um, we search for material happiness, but at the end we're, you know, we get disappointed. And um, in the Nectar of Devotion, Prabhupada describes this as um, chapala sukha, or flickering happiness. And he gives the businessman analogy. Um, of the businessman, he works, you know, Monday to Friday to keep his family happy. Um, but and but he gets bored, and during the weekend, you know, he goes for a vacation um, to get happy, and then he comes back on fr on Monday to start work again. And um, Prabhupada also refers to this as bojatyaga or alternating sense enjoyment, um, um, alternating sense enjoyment. And I was thinking that if we really want to be happy, or if we want to really get transcendental ha happiness, um, we have to start loving the Lord. Um, also, in the nectar of devotion. Um, Prabhupada says that the basic propensity of a living entity in the material world is to love, is to love someone. And if we stimulate that love towards Lord Krishna, we'll, um, if we stimulate that love towards Krishna, I was thinking we'd be really happy. And at the same time, we'd all, if we stimulate that love towards Krishna, we'd, be, we'd love all other living entities and we'd like not be envious. Because um, he, he, Prabhupada also gives the analogy of watering the root of a plant. Um, if we water the root, we'll 
you know, it'll distribute the water to all the parts of the plant instead of, you know, watering, you know, the leaves. The watering the leaves won't do anything. Um, yeah, but so if we water the root, um, it'll, it'll go to all, all the parts of the plant. And similarly, if we love Krishna, we'd be happy and we'd like love all, all other living entities and, you know, not be envious. Thank you, Sadhavrindavan. There was a lot there. Uh, look up the word stimulate because he used that verb. And uh, this is actually the process of bhakti. It's called a cultivation. The sense of devotion is there within the heart of every being. It's intrinsic. And by stimulation, it becomes awakened. We might say that a seed is stimulated. It lies dormant in a little package, perhaps. And then when you take it out, bok choy, a little seed, and... You say, come here, little little fella. And you put him in his own cup. You get some nice, rich earth that doesn't have any contamination in it. Make it moist. And then it's a little warm. Sun's coming down. And the little seeds in there go like, oh, I think I'll wake up now. There's something to wake up for. And it sprouts and pops up. And so that sense that we have of love for Krishna is they're dormant. What's the word I just asked you for? Stimulate means? Stimulate is a verb and it means rouse to action. And where does it come from? It comes from Latin, stimulatus, which is a past participle of stimulare. And what does it mean? The root, stim. Just look at the etymological dictionary and see if you can find it about the root. And then this, uh, yeah, so the seed, yes, seed wakes up. So similarly, in bhakti, the word udipano means to stimulate. Udipana means that there's, I can use a modern word that people use a lot, triggers. That really triggered me. It's very popular now. I think, ah, that's a trigger. Just seeing you triggers. <laughs> so in bhakti, we surround ourselves by triggers. Everything's a trigger. You know, why do we come and see Tulsi? It's like, oh, that's pretty nice. But you know, she's actually from the spiritual world, so we start to trigger that, and then you have the spiritual master, and then you have the deities, and you have the the sense, and the sense means S-C-E-N-T-S, and all these are very stimuli. Bhakti is a stimuli-rich, or stimulus-rich environment, and then that helps to you know, by proximity to awaken our sense of bhakti that's there sleeping within the heart. Anything more from stimulus? Yes. Um, from Proto-Indo-European sti, which means point, prick, or pierce. Means what? Point. Point? Mm-hmm. Prick or pierce. Prick or pierce. Yeah. Wow. Hey, that's pretty cool, right? What's the root word in Proto-Indo-European? Sti. Sti. S-T-I. Does it trace it back to Sanskrit by any chance? No. Okay. 
Proto-Indo-European kind of means it's pointing back that way anyway, but sometimes they're very specific. Sti means like some little thing that uh, pricked, you know, and op made an opening. So that's, uh, you know, we need the stimuli to, to come to that point. Thank you, well done. That was a, a medley of good points. Okay, we'll take uh, maybe one last thing, yes, or two last things. Um, it's uh, very impressive every time to um, hear about the, uh, so many. There are so many potencies, Krishna's potencies, and uh, when studying, like it helps to um, connect everything uh, to Krishna. So it helps to remind, uh, to remember Krishna. Actually, when you know, uh, when you study more and more the potencies. Yes, and it's one of the frequent points Krishna makes in the Bhagavad Gita, where he's describing his potencies and say, "See, this is me. This is me. You can see me everywhere." So he's describing, I'm the light of the sun. And in Hawaii, in the early days, have you, how many of you have been in Hawaii? Probably everybody now after the pandemic, right? <laughs> It seems like a place where you'd fall into Maya because like, ah, it's too nice, I'll just be happy and sit on the beach. So the devotees, the Krishna Conscious Movement got started in Hawaii. Um, and then the devotees, I mean, here in Hawaii, sooner or later you're going to go to the beach, right? So the devotees go to the beach, and especially the ones that grew up there and joined the movement, they're used to going to the beach, and they started thinking, maybe I won't go to the beach. Prabhupada said, no, you can go to the beach. And they said, well, but Prabhupada, it's Maya. And Prabhupada said, Krishna's the light of the sun. How could you be in Maya? Krishna's, he says of all bodies of water, I'm the ocean. How could you be in Maya? And, uh, of course, you know, you could be in Maya. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a telling statistic, but I think that Temple's been through more Temple presidents than any other ISKCON center in the world. <laughs> but in any case, uh, this is a fact that Krishna himself presents his potencies and said, this is me, this is me. And on... Gaur Purnima, around 1975, Prabhupada gave a lecture in which he talked specifically about how Krishna's a taste in water. That was his Gaur Purnima lecture. And he said when a devotee drinks water, he or she thinks, Krishna's so kind. He's given me this quench my thirst and the taste is so nice. It, it revives me. And this is Krishna. Obviously Krishna. It's, it's a direct relationship in tasting the water. And this is uh, the way to become Krishna conscious, Prabhupada said. So he said, so what if you're in the mode of ignorance? You don't drink water, you just drink wine. He said, so Krishna's a taste in wine also. So if a drunkard starts thinking like, wow, this taste is Krishna, and starts thinking the grapes and the sun, it ripened them on the vine, where does the sun come from? It's like, yeah, I think I'll just get a Joppa bag instead. You know, that stimuli comes up and, and the curiosity is pricked you know by the 
by Krishna's uh, presence in the form of his, of his energies. And if we can remember the connection, that's the main point. The, the main point of failure is called Ritertam Yat Pratyetan Nat Pratyetachatmani Tadvidyadatmano Mayam Yatabhaso Yatatamaha. Krishna told Brahma that anytime you see anything and it doesn't have a relationship to me, or you think it doesn't have a relationship to Krishna, you're not thinking like that, that it has a relationship to Krishna. He said, that's Maya. That's darkness. Because everything has a relationship to me. And that's Krishna consciousness. You start seeing everything. What about your work? I'm working. That's not Krishna conscious. So you see that in relationship. Kurvan nirantaram karma, loko yam manavartate, tenaiva karmana jayam mam param bhaktimichiti. Krishna says in the Brahma Samhita, Brahma. That's a nice section because Krishna is talking personally to Brahma. As a friend, how do you know he's a friend? Vrindaranya, in that section. He's talking to Brahma at the beginning of the universe. How do you know he's friendly? I'll give you a hint. He says, Badramte, and he does something else. Okay. Thank you, Vrindaranya. Uh, he shakes hands. Shakes hands. Isn't that nice? He's like, I don't know if it was like this. <laughs> Doesn't say, but somehow or other, you know, he shook hand. I think, I'd like to think it was like, Okay, Brahma, good luck. Badramte. <laughs> Krishna's so cool, he could do that. I mean, I have a picture in my room of Krishna as a baby. He's wearing a tiger's nail around. What baby wears a tiger nail around their chest? He's, he's sitting there like, hey, I got bracelets. I eat butter. I'm cool. So Krishna's like that, and then he gives this instruction. And Brahma just sort of like encapsulates it in a few verses. He says, Kurvan nirantaram karma, loko today. Everybody's working, right, Brahma? If they just see their work in relationship to me, jaya, meditate on it, I'm doing this for Krishna, so they'll become perfect too. What's the difficulty, as Prabhupada used to say? Okay, we're coming for the close. Yes? Can you tell me translation? Oh, from Zoom there's something. Okay, please go ahead. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare this is Shringar. Oh, Hare Krishna. So um, I was, uh, I really like that point uh, where you said triggers, uh, because um, we talk about this in uh, post-traumatic stress disorder also, that when there are triggers, people are reminded of their, uh, of their traumatic events and they go into uh, they relive and then they have flashbacks and they are back. Uh, they are they are back into that state. So uh, I really like how if we have these uh, devotional triggers, that will br bring us closer to Krishna. Thank thank you. She's a psychologist, by the way. Yeah. Also, I've I've heard in some therapies. Correct me if I'm wrong, please, Shingaras. But if somebody has amnesia, there's some ways in which. You know, show. Do you remember this? You remember? Remember little Stevie? Uh, you remember when you won this award for skipping in, in the in kindergarten, seventh place? Uh, you know. <laughs> you know, and gradually, gradually, there's this sense of like, yeah, I remember that. I think I tripped, and so there's this. Uh, you know, there's a there's a, it's a kind of a therapy 
the sadhana bhakti is a kind of therapy, this trigger therapy. To amnesia is like walking around and think, I'm an American. It's like, <laughs> snap out of it. You know, you're a soul. Wake up, little jiva. Jeev Jago. And like, remember this? Remember the spiritual world? Remember Tulsi? Come on. Uh, here's Govardhan Hill. And that's, so we go to the Dom and, and you get this sense. You're walking around Govardhan Hill and go, this feels like home, actually. It's like, right, okay, Jiva, you're doing good now. Keep going, keep walking. <laughs> Wake up early and go to Mangal Artik. And, and when that feeling becomes more and more uh, advanced, then it, it's, it's not a practice anymore. It's just like, this is who I am. I remember now. I, I've wo I, I, I woke up to my identity and I'm, and I'm f you're just fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness because that's who you are anyway. The whole material world is a colossal hoax. You know, everyone's talking about this is a hoax, that's a hoax. The whole thing's a hoax. It's a huge, huge scam on a, a colossal level. So you can just categorically write off the whole thing as a hoax. And you really, you know, you don't have to listen to the details of the noise. I don't know if that makes sense. Noise means a cacophony. It's just all mixed up together. It makes you sick, actually. That's where the word noise comes from. It's nausea. It means seasickness. And you listen to all the noise and you're like, I feel sick. It's like, just chant Hare Krishna then. That, that'll help a lot. Okay, now for the close. Hare Krishna Prabhu. I was just thinking that, um, you know, when I first read the fifth canto, Srimad Bhagavatam, and, uh, you know, thinking about Krishna's opulences and the whole material universe, I was driving by and I was just thinking, wow, I never knew I'm actually in a stem <laughs> where Brahma is sitting on the top. You know, uh, I was just thinking that uh, reading scriptures, just uh, as you said, you know, getting out of amnesia and get, getting to the real situation of where you are. And um, another point I just wanted to mention is I had a break um, for a couple of days and um, I had, I mean, my mind told me that I had some extra time. So I wanted to check out to see how every war, everything that's going on. And then I was just trying to tell myself that after, after a day of, uh, not that I was watching it all the time, but I was just thinking that any, any extra time, I better plan ahead of time so that I fill it off with only Krishna conscious stuff. Because watching anything that's happening in the material world is not going to give me any. I was so super disturbed. And then I said, oh, I don't want a break. <laughs> I better keep my thing going, you know, one after the other so that I don't feel this uh, misery and, you know, just be in connection with Krishna. Sure. And it's not that Prabhupada didn't tune into current events, you'll notice that he wrote in BTG articles about various conflicts. One of them is about China and India sharing the same border, why are they fighting, and you know, here's why they're fighting, and so forth. If we consume it uh, without seeing the relationship to Krishna, then it can become just disturbing. But if we see it in relationship to Krishna, also we should be careful because it's like... Uh, you know, you just do something mindlessly and they go, yeah, I meant to do that. Because that I offer that to Krishna. But So be deliberate in, in uh, exposing yourself to anything in the, in the material world. Deliberate means make sure you see the relationship to Krishna. Okay, now the very last, last. Is that Tadiya, Prabhu? Okay, Prabhu, go ahead for the close. Maharaj, please ask my humble voices. Um, my question is um, related to reciprocation. Um, you know, we know that uh, 
you know, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Of course, he is not visible to us in this material world. He is only visible to us in the form of a deity form. So for any relationship, you know, uh, there is always a reciprocation. If we don't feel reciprocated, then, you know, that relationship dies. So I was just wondering, in the prasadam we see that reciprocation. In the association of devotees, we see that reciprocation. Um, is there anything else we can, you know, cling to or, or you know, repose our complete faith that Krishna is absolutely um, reciprocating with us? It's not, you know, it's it's not some imaginary figure. You know, Krishna is real and uh, Krishna is always um, looking after us. Krishna is taking care of us. Um, that kind of, uh, you know, some kind of faith can we have and uh, how we can uh, perceive that i have a suggestion you can try this as homework just try flipping that and instead of saying how can i have more faith in krishna then ask this question how can krishna have more faith in me it's a relationship so why is it that we have to is it like krishna has to prove himself to us constantly why not just say okay i'm going to be the one who proves myself to krishna that I'm, I'm for real. And if you just do that and change the role, then you'll be happy immediately. And you'll go about your day thinking, I'm gonna show Krishna that I'm worth his time and his glance. So don't try to see Krishna, but try to work in such a way that Krishna will wanna see you. And if you just flip that one switch, then you'll be happy. And Krishna, will reveal himself in ways that you won't even want to speak about because no one's going to believe you. And you just keep it to yourself and just keep feeding that energy that you get from Krishna revealing himself to you in amazing ways to the most intimate devotees you know or just keep it in your own heart and say, Krishna, I know you're there for me and I want to prove myself to you because for so long I've been the, the runt of the liver, litter. I'm that little puppy that nobody wants. They come by and go, not that one. I got left out of the litter because I'm just a little runt spiritually. And I'm, I'm the mercy case. And if you do that and you try to please Krishna, Atashi Krishna Namadi Naba Ved Grayam Indriye Seva Mukhi Eva You take this uh, perspective that I'm going to serve uh, Krishna and that's the all there is to it and and everything else will be revealed from that point